Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Lauren Egan. She's the founder and CEO of Egan Immigration. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Yeah, excited to have you. So Lauren, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm the founder and CEO of Egan Immigration. Um, I grew up on the West Coast, moved to the East Coast, and started the company in Washington, D.C. in my late 20s. Um, Since then, I've gotten married, had two kids, and continued to grow the company um, at a pretty fast pace, actually. So it's been a cool experience to see my personal life evolve so much, kind of alongside the company's growth. Oh, that's fantastic. I love to hear that. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, Egan Immigration. Yeah, Egan Immigration is an immigration law firm, and we are nationwide. Um, A lot of law firms are state by state, but immigration is federal law, so that allows us to practice around the country, which is really cool. Um, We are almost 100% remote, um, which is somewhat rare for the legal field still, but it's working really well for our team. We have a really strong company culture. And so we're able to work remotely and still feel that sense of connection that a lot of companies lose when going remote. Um, And our primary client base, it's immigrants. And typically we have Spanish speakers and most of our clients have been the victim of some sort of abuse or trauma, things like that. So it's a very humanitarian focused practice. I, I think I may have mentioned off camera that I have my, my MSW, I was a master of social work. So, you know, certainly that is something that, you know, a a cause that's near and dear to my heart. So, you know, one, I just want to say, I appreciate the work that you and your team are doing just, just out of the gate. So, you know, you mentioned company culture and I imagine too, when you're dealing with victims of crime, not only, you know, you yourself, founder and CEO, but also, you know, your employees are also dealing with secondary trauma. You, you mentioned having a strong company culture. How do you work to mitigate, you know, those, those traumas that are, that the, your employees are hearing every day? That's an excellent question. And you're really on point with that issue. There is a lot of secondary trauma working with um, these humanitarian cases. I've experienced it myself. Many of my employees experience it. So we have a couple of therapists that we contract with and we offer um, individual sessions up to a certain number that the company pays for for each person on our staff. And then we also offer group therapy sessions. And then once our staff members have used up their individual therapy sessions, they can continue therapy with that therapist at a very reduced rate. So the way these therapists work is they charge based on your ability to pay. So that is really cool because we have staff around the world. So a person working in India, for example, isn't going to be able to pay the same as a person working in New York. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have that really flexible option for our clients or for our staff around the world. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important to fostering, you know, a positive company culture, like you said, and like you said, doing remotely, that's a big challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And we also really try and just talk about mental health in the company. Uh, We offer paid mental health days and 
we encourage people to use them. So if someone goes to HR and it's like, oh, like my uncle just died, I'm just having a hard day. I wanted to give you a heads up in case my work like seems a little lackluster. She will say like, take a mental health day. That's why we have them go rest, like lie down, know what you, do what you need to do. And that, you know, we do that at all levels of the company. And I think that helps a lot. It helps when you see your manager saying, hey, I had, you know, I just got a false alarm for a school shooting at my kid's school, but I'm shaken. I need to take the rest of the day off. You know, it, when you see that from your manager, then it makes you feel as a, as maybe um, a lower level employee or a newer employee, like, okay, I can do that too. If I'm having a hard time. Yeah. I think that's really important. And being able to foster, you know, a, a space that people can talk openly about mental health, openly about their challenges is, you know, something that is, is hard to find within, within companies, but I think, you know, companies are definitely doing a lot better. And, you know, I imagine too, as founder and CEO, practicing your own self-care is probably crucial as well. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I personally, I mean, I'm doing personal therapy, I'm in marriage therapy, and that's just like part of my regular schedule, whether or not things are going great or things are going tough. Like I, for me, that's just part of my healthcare routine. And then going to the gym, trying to go every weekday, get outside, um, on my personal Instagram page, I'll occasionally post things like, Hey, I'm out in the woods today. I was having a really stressful day at work. And instead of like curling up on the couch, I was like, I'm just going to get outside. Um, because that helps me reset a lot versus curling up on the couch and wallowing, like just getting outside, having a change of scenery. Um, and sometimes it's hard to put on your shoes and do that, but I try really hard to remind myself, okay, just like get a change of scenery. It will help. You don't need to like grind and hustle right now if you're having a hard time. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you meant you used a word that, you know, I, I don't use often. I try not to, um, but saying lackluster, saying like your work is lackluster. And you, you know, you said it perfectly saying, you know, some days people are just off and rather than kind of forcing yourself through it and, you know, perpetuating the cycle and making it maybe worse the next day, being able to recognize like, Hey, I got to, I got to check out today. I got to, yeah. I got to recognize where my, where my lights are. My lights are not on right now. Right. Exactly. And, and there was definitely a time personally where I was losing my drive for working for the company. I mean, I love the company. I love our company culture. I love the growth, but I personally, in my role was not feeling fulfilled. So I worked with my team over the course of a year to allow me to back out a lot of the company and I'm still involved, but to a much lesser extent than I used to be, but that is for my mental health because I was missing feeling like I had time for my kids, feeling like I had time for other projects because, you know, this company is awesome, but I personally enjoy starting projects and like fixing things. And, and so when, when a company is running so smoothly, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get bored. Like I need something else to work on. So it's just recognizing that in yourself too. Like what makes you happy? What makes you feel fulfilled? And you don't necessarily have to stay on the track that everyone expects you to be on. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a really great point. And I appreciate, you know, you, you would recognizing that and, and talking about that. And I'm curious, do you think it's, you know, the, the self-awareness, the company culture and the focus on really the humanitarian, I don't know if relief is the right word, um, but humanitarian relief, you know, working with those humanitarian crises um, that really separates Egan immigration from its, from its, you know, other, other firms and like them. Absolutely. I mean, 
I know that there are some firms trying to like that focus on this a little bit, but I have yet to see in my interactions another firm that is simultaneously focused on their clients' mental health and their clients' well-being and kind of this humanitarian focus and their employees' mental health and employees' well-being. I usually see one or the other. Like either it's kind of like transactional type cases, but then they're focused on their employees or more often than not, they're focused so much on the clients and then they want their employees to be just grinding away. Um, but that just doesn't feel sustainable to me. Um, not only on an employee by employee basis, but just the company as a whole and our culture as a whole, I feel like there's somewhat of a generational shift and people are more aware of mental health issues and their own um, self-care. And I think if a company is going to be successful in the long run in this generation, you have to be focused on employee happiness and mental health. I could not agree more with you. Bias as a, as a social worker, but no, I completely agree. And I think that that's a conversation that people are having in interviews, talking about company culture, talking about listening to your employees, talking about that fostering of, of a positive you know work environment. I think that's a conversation that has definitely started to really take over interviews and, and so on. Yeah, I agree. And the feedback I get from our HR director is that it's such a huge selling point for our company. Our turnover is very low. Like we might lose one or two people a year that we, that, you know, for a reason other than, hey, I like, I'm making some life change, you know, for a reason of unhappiness, I guess. And I think that is because like they know coming into the company that they're going to be supported. And a lot of times they don't really believe it. Um, That's the feedback I get. They're like, okay, yeah, I'll see this in action. But then they do see it in action. And so even if they don't necessarily like the work that they're doing, they feel so supported and they feel like they can ask like, hey, um, when there's an opening on this other team, could I move to this other team that has work that I enjoy more? And, and, and they'll get it. Like we want people to be happy. So that is great for our retention and employee happiness because they know they have that support. I think that's terrific. Well, you know, Lauren, as we start to wrap up this conversation, is there is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it be about Egan immigration, immigration law, federal law, any anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Any advice? Any advice? I mean, less about law and more about company culture, which is what we've been talking about. My advice would be to invest in your employees, invest in their mental health, invest in their happiness pay attention to the way people are talking to each other in the company and try and foster a supportive environment. Um, I think a lot of employers are worried that all of these steps are going to be costly, but they, they aren't, honestly. They are not costly and it will make your company such an enjoyable place to work. I think that's fantastic. Well, Lauren, I think this has been a terrific conversation about mental health, fostering, you know, a positive company culture. I think this was really impactful and informative uh, conversation. And I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, great to have you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E dot I-O and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.